Since 2017, the Italian Wine Podcast has exploded, recently hitting 6 million listens. Support us by buying a copy of Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0 or making a small donation. In return, we'll give you the chance to nominate a guest and even win lunch with Stevie Kim and Professor Attilio Scienza. Find out more at italianwinepodcast.com. Chin chin! Welcome to Wine, Food and Travel with me, Mark Millen, on Italian Wine Podcast. Listen in as we journey to some of Italy's most beautiful places in the company of those who know them best, the families who grow grapes and make fabulous wines. Through their stories, we will learn not just about their wines, but also about their ways of life, the local and regional foods and specialities that pair naturally with their wines, and the most beautiful places to visit. We have a wonderful journey of discovery ahead of us, and I hope you will join me. Welcome to Wine, Food and Travel with me, Mark Millen, on Italian Wine Podcast. Today we travel to the beautiful wine hills of Valdobbiadene Conigliano, to the north of Venice, to meet Anna Nardi of the Perlage Winery. Ciao, Anna. Thanks for being my guest today. How are you? Ciao, Mark. So nice to be here with you today. I'm doing great. What about you? Oh, I'm doing really well, too. I'm in southern England. The sun is shining this morning. It's a little bit chilly and autumnal, but it's a nice day. Is it nice with you, too? Yes, here it's raining, cats and dogs. We are surrounded by fog. After a never-ending summer, we are seeing the first cold days, but... It was needed. Yes, of course. Now, when I was with you, Anna, you were uh, the harvest was in full swing, and it was an incredibly busy time. The grapes were still coming into your winery. Your cousin, the winemaker, was working very hard, and it was a really busy time. How did the harvest go? The harvest this year was a bit up and down, in the sense that in terms of quality, it was a really good harvest. We are very happy with the grapes that we brought in. But at the same time, due to hailstorms and due to some pests, the quantity was not super high. But in certain areas, we had good quantities, in certain less quantities. So at the end, it was a good harvest. Well, I'm really glad to hear that because I know it was, uh, having been in the area recently, we heard how difficult it was for those conditions that you've just mentioned, as well as the very high temperatures. But I'm glad that the grapes are in now and you have good quality and we'll look forward to tasting the wines in the years to come. I'm looking Anna, before we go any further, I'd like our listeners to gain a a picture in their minds of where you are, the wine hills of Valdobbiadene Conigliano for Prosecco Superiore, DOCG. This is a very special area, isn't it? And actually a UNESCO World Heritage Area. Tell us why it is so special. Okay, so we are in Farra di Soligo, that's, as you said, exactly in the heart of the Conegliano and Valdobbiadene Prosecco Superiore DOCG production. It's a very small area inside the Veneto region. We are located more or less one hour from Venice and another hour from the Alps. So at the same time, we are getting the sun from the seaside and the fresh wind from from the mountains. It's a very beautiful area characterized by 
deep hills that, as you mentioned, are recognized as a UNESCO World Heritage. It's really, really nice to be here, to be surrounded by these beautiful hills that make you feel relaxed every day. Even during your worst day, you can look outside of your window and see these amazing hills where everything is done by hand. We are harvesting by hand. We are uh, working in the vineyard by hand. Not a lot of tractors going around because of the steep hills. So it's really, really, really a magic place. Yes, it is absolutely magical. And I think it's very important for listeners and wine drinkers to understand that the Valdo Biada Neconigliano Prosecco Superiore area is quite different, quite small, quite compact, and geologically different, scenically, than the much larger area for Prosecco Dock that extends into Friuli, Venezia, Giulia, and indeed across large parts of the Veneto. This is a very small, specific area, which, as you say, is characterized by these incredibly steep hills. You took us up a hill. I think it was at the Riva Moretta where we met you and we actually walked up and it is very steep just to walk up them. So I'm imagining the efforts required, you know, to tend the vines, to harvest the vines, to care for them. Very different from where the vines are on the Pianura, the flatlands. Yes, exactly. Riva Moretta is our historical vineyard, is where everything starts back in 1985 or even before, like right after Second World War. And uh, it's a piece of land we are very bounded to, we are very connected with that area. As you mentioned, it's one of the steepest vineyards we are working in. It's a very hard work, but giving us a lot of satisfaction. Okay, well, Anna, let's talk a little bit about that story because I think you were explaining to me about how the farm was very different after World War II. It was a mixed farm. Tell us a little bit about your family story. Yes, I'm really proud to share with you today my family history. So as you know, everything started back in the right after the Second World War when my grandfather Tiziano Nardi he was working in this mixed farm. He was growing vines, but at the same time, he had some cows, some chickens, some pigs. It was like a family economy because I'm coming from a very huge, typical Italian family. My grandparents, Afra and Tiziano, they had seven beautiful children, only one girl and six boys. And they were bringing food to the family thanks to this mixed farm. Later, back in 1985, my father and his six siblings decided to focus all their energy in the wine production and especially in the organic wine production. Back in 1985, no one was speaking about uh, organic production or organic viticulture in Italy. It was a very challenging idea, so they had to experiment for a few years before achieving a good result. But nowadays, we are very happy with what they did because we are the only 100% organic certified winery in the area. 
and uh, we are very happy with the product we are doing. So it's fantastic. That's an amazing story, Anna. I, I wonder why your father and his siblings had that desire, that urge. You know, to, now we talk about organics and sustainability, and we understand the importance to the environment, the importance to the purity of the wines, and the importance to maintaining the landscape. But they had this motivation, as you say, long before anybody else was really beginning to think about that it must have seemed a bit crazy to some of the other wine growers yes we were seen as the crazy producers because being organic was not a trend back in 1985 so the reason behind this choice are a couple the first thing is that uh, my father and his siblings started to see the bad consequences of the chemicals on my grandfather's health meaning that when he was back from the vineyards and he had just given chemicals to the vineyards, he started trembling. So they were seeing his hands trembling and all his body was trembling. So they started to understand that the chemicals were not good for the health of people. And at the same time, they had started to see some changements in the surrounding. My family is from this region, is from this specific area. And they started to see bees disappearing from the vineyards and from around the house. So they really wanted to make something to have a positive impact on our region, on our land. And also they wanted to give something back to the people living in this area. They didn't want to affect in a bad way their lives. And so they decided that even if it was a challenge, they wanted to reach this goal. That's a beautiful story and a very personal story of the motivations. And now I guess there's a much greater understanding of what you're family intuitively felt that it is better for the people working in the vineyards, it's better for the land itself, the biodiversity to cultivate and produce wines in a more natural way. Tell us some of the steps you take both in the vineyard and in the cantina to produce organic and even vegan Prosecco Superiore, as well as I know that you you follow these precepts also in your range of still wines my father always tell me is that we didn't take a lot of efforts to change from the like normal winemaking techniques to the bioorganic technique because we have always done like that. Meaning 1985, we understood how to be organic and we never ended being organic. So at a vineyard level, we are not using any chemistry except from the rame and zolfo, so cop and sulfur that are allowed in the organic viticulture. In the vineyard, there are a lot of products that we are not allowed to use. Sorry, in the winery, we are not using a lot of chemical products that are allowed in other styles of winemaking. And you mentioned the vegan way of making wine. We were the first vegan winery in the Prosecco Superiore DOCG denomination, meaning that uh, in the wine, historically, you can use uh, albumin and casein to make it clearer. 
to make the clarification process. And we wanted to avoid to use any more protein. It was back in 2012 when we started to experiment and to see how to substitute these proteins. And our first experiment was with the pea protein, protein coming from the vegetable plant of the pea. The result was very, very good. So we kept the pea protein until the 2016, if I'm not wrong. And 2016, Andrea Gallina, our winemaker, he said, okay, but let's see if we can do the same thing with the yeast protein. This idea was because we wanted to keep uh, the ingredient list as short as possible. And yeast is something that's already present in the wine. So using the yeast proteins seems like a better idea. The result is very good. So still today we are using the yeast protein. The final taste and flavor of the wine doesn't change. It's the same of the one that we had before. So we are very, very happy with this. Okay, well, that's, that's really interesting to hear as well. And the importance of really giving thought to these stages of the production. I know you produce a range of still wines, but we're talking about in the Faro di Saligo, your vineyards producing Prosecco Superiore DOCG, which is, of course, a fully sparkling wine. Let's talk about a few of the wines that I actually had a chance to sample and I really enjoyed. I'm looking at my notes and I remember uh, particularly liking your Cana, uh, the Valdo Biadene Brut, that really demonstrates the classic characteristics of Prosecco Superiore. This is one of your flagship wines, isn't it? Yes, Cana has been one of the first wine my family has ever produced. It was like the second in the range, historically. And the Cana grapes are coming from our vineyard in Refrontolo. That's another of our family vineyards. It's a brute style with residual sugar of 8 grams per liter. So it's dry, but at the same time, it's very pleasant in the mouth. The characteristic of all our wines is that the bubbles are never aggressive. They are very pleasant in the mouth. They clean your mouth from everything you're eating. And they are perfect, I like to say, from morning to late night. They are like wines that you can enjoy from morning to late night. Cana specifically is uh, very good as an aperitivo. You can pair it with olives or with the typical Italian bruschetta or even at lunch or dinner with risotto or pasta. It combines very, very well. Okay, that's really nice to think about drinking these wines from morning until, until nighttime. <laughs> um, and I also liked your Col di Mansa Prosecco Superiore. That was another favorite. Now that's a biodynamic wine, isn't it? Wine to Wine Business Forum. Everything you need to get ahead in the world of wine. Supersize your business network. Share business ideas with the biggest voices in the industry. Join us in Verona on November 13 to 14, 2023. Tickets available now at winetowine.net. Yes, Coldimanza is one of my favorite Proseccos too. It's a very, very particular wine. As you mentioned, is a wine obtained from biodynamic grapes. 
The vineyard of the Col di Manza is located here in Ferra di Soligo under the beautiful Credazzo Towers. And uh, it's a five hectare plot surrounded by plant animals. And in the same place coexist dogs, cats, chicken, geese, fruit trees, mulberry trees, and people. It's uh, the vineyard of one of my aunts. Uh, what I like to say when speaking about biodynamic, it's that it's a sort of radical chic approach to the vineyard, but that it's bringing very, very, very good result. Our biodynamic viticulture is based on the idea that the plant is part of a universe governed by cosmic influences and that uh, we have to respect nature. In the vineyard, at biodynamic level, we are using ore manure, that's called Preparato 500, and ore silica, that is called Preparato 501. Ore manure provides nutrition and fertility to the soil, and ore silica provides warmth and is sprayed on the plant during colder periods and before cluster ripens. And together with this preparation, we are also using Orsted decoction, valerian decoction, and a lot of natural preparation. All these biodynamic approaches give us the possibility to obtain the first biodynamic Prosecco in history, and is one of our most elegant Prosecco, meaning that uh, it spends four and a half months in the pressurized tank, in the autoclave, and this makes the bubble particularly silky, very, very elegant and fine. All the different animals and plants coexisting in the vineyards can be felt as smelled also in the glass, meaning that the bouquet is very complex. At the same time, you can perceive the white and the yellow flowers, the peach notes, and a bit of herbal notes. It's a very good experience. Yes, I absolutely loved it. I'm, I have in, I'm looking at my notes. I noted that complexity, a richness in the mouth with wild herbs and a minerality allied to a real freshness that was absolutely gorgeous. Now, Anna, final wine I want to mention, which is a wine that actually divided opinion, but which I absolutely loved, is your Anime, the Prosecco produced with no additional sulfites, a true natural Prosecco. This is also an unusual wine. Yes, it was another experiment. As you mentioned, it's dividing opinion, but it's among my favorites too. So Anime Prosecco is a project we started 2008. The idea was to obtain a wine that was only wine, so without the addition of anything else. The thing is that... In the natural fermentation process, sulfites are created by yeast, even if in a small part, sulfites are naturally produced during this process. But with the idea of achieving this result, the entire Perlage team started to study together how to achieve this goal. And the result was that together with the help of our winemaker, Andrea Gallina, we were able to select a particular yeast that is producing a very low quantity of sulfites in the wine. 
and at the same time is able to work without oxygen. Because on one hand, you don't want to use sulfites, but on the other hand, you want to produce something that is stable and is not oxidized. So the entire process for Anime Prosecco is done under controlled atmosphere in total absence of oxygen. Usually in the Prosecco making process, wine goes through two different fermentation. The first to obtain the wine and the second to obtain the sparkling wine. In Anime, we are doing a single long fermentation. We are starting from the juice and it stays in the pressurized tank for several months until we get uh, this stunning Anime Prosecco. There is a fun fact I want to share with you. The name Anime is coming from two ideas behind this wine. The first, as I mentioned, is that we wanted a wine that was only wine. So Anime means soul in Latin, and we obtained the soul of the wine. At the same time, it's the soul of the winery because everyone took part in this project. This is the story behind it. Well, I think it's a beautiful story and a beautiful wine. And I think this description of the three wines we've talked about, and I know you produce much, much larger range, but I think for our listeners, this gives a, an important idea that Prosecco, and especially Prosecco Superiore from the Valdobbiadene and Conigliano areas, produce range of flavors in the wines. Prosecco isn't simply an easy-to-drink uh, sparkling wine, but a complex and fascinating wine that expresses itself in many different ways. And this range of the three we've discussed are each very individual. Also, you mentioned, Anna, when we were talking about Cana, about Prosecco as a wine to enjoy with food. And I think that's important too. Can we talk a little bit about some of the typical dishes of your area and uh, some of your favorite local foods that go well with your wines? So I would like to start uh, mentioning Prosecco as the perfect wine for the aperitivo that can be enjoyed by itself. Uh, like a glass shared with your loved ones, with your friends, is a wine that is perfect in joy moments. And at the same time, it's a very gastronomic wine, meaning that it can be paired with a lot of different foods, with a lot of different preparation, even depending on the sugar quantity, you can pair it from the antipasto to the desserts you will always find a Prosecco that match with what you're eating. In the case of the three Proseccos that we mentioned, they have uh, different uh, food that go well with them. In the case of Cana, it's perfect to be enjoyed uh, paired with some olives or with the Italian typical bruschetta and risotto and pasta and first dishes in general because it's a wine that cleans your mouth, it's very professional, and it's very, very good to be paired with these kind of foods. Talking about Coldimanza, that has a residual sugar that is of 15 gram per liter, so higher compared to Cana. It goes very well paired with vegetable quiche or even with apricot tart and cookies. 
since it has this higher sugar content, you can combine it also with the sweet foods. And last but not least, the anime prosecco has this particular taste that you had the honor to taste and to try that must be paired with uh, fish, with oyster. It can be very similar to the champagne taste. So you can pair it with oyster, with sushi, with boiled fish. But even with our typical spiedo, that's the typical meat of the area, it is just perfect. Now that's really, really interesting, Anna, because I'm looking at my notes and I thought that the anime has a meaty, savory character to it, which I can see would go well with something like oysters or equally with the meats cooked on the spit, which, as you say, are very typical and something that all our listeners should try to sample when they visit. Now, speaking of visiting, Anna, tell us about wine hospitality at Perlage. Can our listeners visit you? And what do you offer a curious and thirsty wine traveler? Yes, for sure. Uh, we are very happy when people are visiting us because I think that you can appreciate the product even more if you see what's surrounding us with your eyes and if you like see the winery inside. That's why we are offering three different hospitality experiences. One is a very, very short one, like tasting four glasses. Then we have a mixed experience of food and wine paired together. So we are offering cutboards or even a vegetable and vegan option paired with our wines. And the most complete one is the full experience. So I will be happy to bring people around the winery to let them see how a pressurized tank works, to let them see our bottling system, and even the vineyard, if the weather allows us to do it. That's a really good range of experiences. And I do urge our listeners to visit this beautiful area. As you say, it's only an hour north of Venice. Yes, we are in the UNESCO area that is surrounded by a lot of different things to do. So when you're here, you can enjoy Treviso, that is just 40 minutes driving from us, and Bassano and Asolo, that are all historical cities, very, very good to be around them. And more near to us, there is the Abbazia di Follina, that is this old Abbazia, very peculiar, very, very beautiful to visit. And in the natural side, you can go and walk to, uh, around our hills. You can go to the Alps if you love skiing. Otherwise, you can visit Mulinetto della Croda. That's uh, a typical water wheel very near to us. And then the most important thing, you can go and experience our stunning restaurants and the stunning winery places. Absolutely. That's a very good overview. And I hope, uh, I'm sure people will be coming to Valdobbiadene Corneliana. I certainly always enjoy my visits and I look forward to coming back to Perlage on another occasion, Anna, or perhaps to meeting in London or 
anywhere else that we might happen to meet. But in the meantime, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for sharing your family story, for telling us about your wines and about the philosophy behind them. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mark. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me to this podcast. And thank you for your visit last time. I'm always waiting for you to come back. And even if you are attending any other wine fairs during 2024, I will be happy to share with you a glass of our Prosecco Superiore. Great. Well, I'll certainly look forward to that. So I hope we meet again soon, Anna. Grazie e a presto. Grazie mille. Ciao. Ciao. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Wine, Food and Travel with me, Mark Millen, on Italian Wine Podcast. Please remember to like, share and subscribe right here or wherever you get your pods. Likewise, you can visit us at italianwinepodcast.com. Until next time, chin chin. <laughs>